You've got the fake credit card and whatnot. They almost take Maggie. If she runs off. So that Can gets I... rid of Lisa away from the, from the scenario. What were you going to say? I'm just going to point out that on the subject of my recording, there may be an echo at the moment. There's always an echo. Yeah, but like this might be full-on toilet mode again. Uh, I've just Why? looked down at Audacity and seen that a setting changed on me without me realizing. Oh, really? And we're 54 minutes in. I apologize, oh, listeners. Jesus Christ. Why do you do these things to me? You're supposed to check, man. I was in a hurry. You have. Why were you in a hurry? Because I just was. Elliot was busy. No, he wasn't. <laughs> anyway, I apologize if the, the previous 54. Actually, let's record this now. Hi, listeners. This is Mitch Grinner calling. If the subsequent 54 minutes and a bit of my audio is a little bit uh, subpar, I am in a bathroom. Enjoy the show. Mom and Dad aren't home, are they? No, they went for a walk with the Flanders. Bart, what's going on? Why are those repo guys taking all your stuff? The dog and I got a credit card and... Credit card? Oh, I knew you're up to no good. Okay, so I committed a little mail fraud. Haven't I been punished enough? Hey, stop! You can take back the bassinet, but the baby's ours! And the last item is one $1,200 dog. Is that him? <laughs> Well, is he the dog or isn't he? Yeah, that's him, all right. Sorry, boy. I didn't plan this. It just sort of happened. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review the K9 Mutiny. I am Dando. I am Mitch. It's a very sad day in Geelong today. Mitch, do you know why? Very, very sad day. Um, the Christmas tree blew up. Uh, I not, not quite. That's that's next week it's, apparently. But um, Lammy's closed down. Oh, I wish. I wish. Uh, <laughs> no. The speak. It's actually something that has closed down. The final video rental store in Geelong announced today that it's closing down for good. Oh, that's not yeah. good. At least we'll still have the little booths, this like the self-rental ones. Yeah, well, this was Manifold Video. So that's on Shannon Avenue just around the corner here. And they survived uh, a Video Easy moving in next door. Now, for those international people that don't know Video Easy, Video Easy was the big franchise when video stores were a thing. So It was them and, them and Blockbuster on a similar level competing for each other. Yeah, but I feel like Video Easy was a, an Australian thing, right? Um, I really don't know. Let's find that out. Okay. Well, why are you saying that? Yes, yeah, so Manifold Video was a family-run business, so it's just somehow been keeping the doors open up until now. But today, finally now it's closing the door, and they're having a clearance sale. And my goodness, is there some people in the door? Yeah, <laughs> is it that one of like, yeah, well, a lot of good this does for us now, lousy yeah. cheapskates. <laughs> That's pretty much it. But the, the thing is, though. I hadn't been in there for years, right? But I went in there and I was just browsing around. Of course you haven't been in there for years. No one yeah. has. Yeah, and as but as people were walking in, like the guy that's like running the place, he knew everyone by name. Like it felt just like a like a cheers bar. Like he was like, Oh but so many people were returning videos. People must still go to that place. I don't know. People that I work with really? whether they do it for the novelty, I don't know. But the people that I work with still go to the video shop. It's weird. People were returning videos? Oh DVDs and Blu ray, sorry. Okay. Thank you. 
I was going to say, what backwards era are you living in? <laughs> are you awake, Brendan? Were you dreaming? But no, yeah, I just thought it was really sad because one of the, my favorite parts of my childhood was going to the video store and now they're all gone, officially gone. Yeah, uh, a Video Easy is an Australian-based rental chain, by the way. It's just, I mean, it was probably sadder a few years ago. I hung on to the video store a lot longer than other people. I thought streaming was a, um, you know, a false prophet that it would never take off. But Netflix and that sort of stuff have obviously upped their game since the early years. And now it is a much better, more convenient way to go about things. But it's, uh, it's, I mean, it was a really viable way to make money for a long time. And I, I liked the, one of the things that I liked about the video store was that as long as you had the cash to pay for the rental, uh, for the licensing rights, you needed no qualifications whatsoever to work in a video store. You just had to know a lot about movies, you know, because it was always better when the person behind the counter could recommend things to you, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that was always why I preferred going to privately run video stores as opposed to the big chains, wherever I possibly could. Shout out to Rad, who used to run a store down in Clifton Springs. Uh, I think it might have even just been called Rad's Videos. Well, Chris, uh, Chris, he works at Pop Culture now. He used to run the Video Easy store that I used to um, go to as a child. And he ran it my entire child. He ran it up until the day it closed. And he now works at mm. Pop Culture. But yeah, I was just, I thought I'd give Manifold Video a shout out for being the last video store in Geelong, finally gone. Just a sad day because I think every one of us now, even yourself included, I think when we were kids, we always hoped that one day we would work in a video store. I know I certainly did. Did you? Hope is a strong word. I, I imagined that it would have been a good teenage job. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, you, you always sort of thought, this would be a cool place to work. I was going to say, I wasn't wistfully looking in through the window going, ah, if only then I'll have made it. Oh, when I was a te- when I was like 14, 15, I was just like, if I could work anywhere, it would be a video shop. Yeah, at that age, 100%. Uh, do you remember the franchise Video Corner, which by name alone really locked itself into very specific locations? <laughs> no, I don't remember that at all, actually. Yeah, that was, there used to be Video Corner in Belmont, and it always used to make me laugh. I was like, you guys can never be in a shopping center, you poor bastard. Like, who, who thought of that? You should have just been like... Uh, like you know, what titles did they go through before they settled on Video Corner, Video Cul de Sac? Well, uh, were they were they a one Video Shoulder? Were they a local company or were they a franchise? Well, there was more than one of them. Oh, okay. Um, video Corner. Okay, not a lot comes up when I search Video Corner. <laughs> so, think so, so let's assume they were pretty small. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember just before we move on to the episode, Movie Land as well? That was a big one. I never had a movie land, but I'm aware of it, yeah. Movie land was huge in East Geelong because if, if Video Easy and Karai didn't have something, then we'd have to go to movie land to see if they had it as well. Yeah, <laughs> but, so that was third off, third rung. But I, I, as I said, I went to this sale today and guess what I found? Three of the old school Simpsons VHS tapes. I couldn't resist it. $2 each. Why? You already have them. No, 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 no. These are different ones. Not, not, not the white oh, okay. ones. They're like the similar episodes, similar era. But yeah, that was, that was different ones. You were like a bird with shiny metal. Why? <laughs> you never go in to watch those. Like, ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like buying... It's like having the full remastered works of Bob Dylan's Highway 61 and then finding it in a, a garage sale on cassette. <laughs> go, oh, I'll get that. Add it to the collection. So, if like, you found... If you saw in a sale an original... Goodfellas, for example, on VHS for $2 or a dollar, you wouldn't buy it? No, I've got it on Blu-ray. 
Like, why would I buy an inferior quality of it? A real collector wants one on every medium, Mitch. No, it's not the original film rule, uh, film reel that Martin Scorsese worked on. Like it's, oh, man. It's, it's just a VHS. It's a dime a dozen. Uh, but anyway, so, Canine Mutiny. I'm going to be honest. This was an episode that, as a kid, didn't really watch it very often. I don't think it was played on TV all that often. Uh, and I can see why, because it, after finish watching it, it's not that memorable. It's not a bad episode by any means, but it's just a pretty dull story, really, where Bart does some shit that you can't like him for. Yeah, I think... I, well, I think I said towards the tail end of last episode that I would have a hard time forgiving Bart for giving up Santa's little helper. I, li- uh, I liked that that at least was dealt with relatively swiftly, that he pretty soon starts to regret what he had done, and uh, it's like so that was okay. I, I wasn't too angry at Bart. But what I did have an issue with was the fact that that was even the premise of the story at all. Like, once I thought of that more, I was like, we've already had several episodes to now that have established Bart's bond with Santa's little helper. Like, Simpsons roasting on an open fire, for one, but you could then go Bart versus Thanksgiving, where it's him and Santa's little helper that are sort of against the family. Not that Santa's little helper has anything to do with that, but, you know, when Bart is cast aside, he's the only one next to him. There's rescuing him from burns there's you know having to get the operation to save his life all of those things and then but gets a seeds of border collie and just turns on him and then has to remember that he loves him like that doesn't ring true like you would never forget that you have that bond the thing is you also forgot the uh, the, the real big one man it was Bart's dog gets an f it's one of the best moments oh, in yeah, the series yeah yeah but um, but yeah, you're right. Like it, sh- it shouldn't have even entered his mind to give up Santa's little helper for Laddie. Like it, no. I know it fits the story, but it doesn't fit the character and everything we've seen in the past. But in saying that, so I've never actually heard him say this, but I've read in a couple of reviews that Matt Groening said on an audio commentary somewhere that one of the things that he regrets the most was actually including Santa's little this helper. Episode? What's that? Oh, I said this episode in season <laughs> eight. <laughs> was uh, including Santa's little helper in the first place because he felt like he was writing a character into the show that they couldn't get rid of and they didn't really have much for the dog. So the dog was only ever really brought in to show that the family either can't look after him or things like that. And I thought, well, like Mitch was just saying then, there are some nice touching moments that the dog brings to the show as well, at least. You know? Yeah, and that and the fact that at at the worst, that just means that you have a dog in the background. And, you know, that's no big deal. It's not like anyone... If they just had a dog and nothing ever happened with it, no one's ever going to be going, why is that dog there? Like, you know, what's happening with the dog? Show me something with the dog. They're just going to go, oh, yeah, it's a family with a dog. Like, it's just, it's kind of the finishing touch on them being a nuclear family. Yeah, if anything, it makes it more believable, more realistic. Hmm. And had they not had, to, in my opinion, had that first episode not had the Santa's little helper moment at the end, I don't think people would have liked it as much as they did. Uh, I mean, they could have come up with some other form of emotional beat. Didn't mm. have, it doesn't have to be a dog. But, but it's uh, something about a dog, man. People love dogs. <laughs> people do love dogs. I mean, sane people, normal people. Yes. Uh, <laughs> as I look through, like, this really is the... Uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's the weak point of season eight. It's maybe next to the Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie show for me. So the Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie show was at least had a, had a theme. This one was meant to be a proper story. I don't know. For me, if, I think the, sh- the episode would have benefited from having a, some sort of wacky side plot or something. Mm. Just something to sort of balance out the dark tones of this story. Not that it was dark, you know, but, you know, it just something to balance it out a bit because the whole story is about how Bart gives up his dog. And you're like, yeah, 
You should feel bad, you dickhead. You gave up your best friend. I think the the biggest issue for me is that there's just there are some laughs and enough, but there aren't any massive laughs. I was talking about how last week I was really struggling to contain myself in the lunchroom watching the episode, whereas this week, and maybe this is only a personal thing, but it was more of just a, huh, yeah, that's funny, at, like at at most, and. I don't know, maybe it's also partly that I just don't find Laddie very interesting. No, and there's too much of it, yeah. Yeah, like for me, I'm like, uh, yeah, no, nah, show off. Like, I like, I don't, okay, you can do a backflip, big deal. I find dogs that are super well trained to be really dull. Like, I, I like a dog that can get up to a bit of mischief. Hey, look, the, super, the super trained dogs that look after people, they're different. They are still dull, but they're doing a good thing, you know? No, yeah, they're doing a good thing. I, I, did I tell you about a... a seeing eye dog that I saw uh, that where a lady said, find a seat. And it just went over to a concrete bench and she sat down on it and it blew my mind. I was like, hang on. So how it's one thing to teach a dog that a chair is a chair. And then that seat also means chair or that if the human says I need to sit, that the dog then connects that to a chair. But for the dog to then be able to conceptualize that a chair could be many things up to and including a bench that is just and has a ninety degree bend at about knee height, like that, that's phenomenal. It, no. Like that's that stuff is incredible. But if it's just a house dog and he's not helping anyone, then you know, let your dog live a little. Yeah, hundred percent. Now it was, we're shitting on Bart a lot. I must say though that, you, and you did bring it up. You touched on it before that at least he's not as bad as like my sister, my sitter. Here, he's not mm. doing it. Like in my sister, my sitter, he was just a jerk for the sake of being a jerk, and he felt bad. Towards the end, but here at least, I can forgive him in the sense that he's a 10-year-old that's got himself way in over his head and he wasn't thinking straight at the, in the moment. Yeah, there wasn't malice to what he was doing. So, I, I didn't have the... I didn't really have any anger towards him, to be perfectly honest. But it was more, like I said, it was more just from a writing standpoint of not buying into it. It's like, I, I don't believe that the character would do that. Speaking of not buying into things, does this actually... How would this actually work? I've never in my life heard of being able to send a fake name to a credit card company and they will send you a credit card with no proof of ID. Um, it really depends on how scrupulous the credit card company is. That, that, but uh, could how could they repossess stuff? Couldn't Bart have just put the stuff somewhere else? He goes, I'm not Santa's our helper. Bart was stupid enough to give his own address. Yeah, that's true. But, but anyone could have put a fake address. There's no one, there's no one by that name, Santa's our helper under the, in this house. Okay, so there's no one by that name, but you just coincidentally happen to have all of the things that we've given to this address. What I'm saying is if you had have hidden the stuff. Well, if he had have hidden the stuff, then yeah, easily could have got away with that. But still, this surely cannot possibly... I know you say it depends how screwed they are, but it, it can't possibly happen. Surely. Um, it, well, it, it, made, it, it helps the story work and actually happen, but still, that's just... To me, I was watching just thinking, that can't happen. That would never happen. Uh... You can't just send. Has that ninety nine percent of the cases it can't? Has there ever been a has there ever been a thing where they've sent you something in the mail saying just write us a letter back and we'll send you a credit card with no visual proof of ID? We'll send you free money um, if you just write us a letter. Not so much like that, no. But I've seen cases of people have credit cards applied for that have ended up in their name that they have nothing to do with, like people that have been out of the country where their ID could in no way possibly have been provided for the application. Um, okay. So it would probably, it'd still it'd be more of a form of identity fraud, but it, 
depends on who you're going through. And in this day and age, no. But if you go back 10 years when security wasn't quite as good and that sort of stuff, then yeah, this sort of stuff can happen. A couple of things I did like about this episode. I really liked the ending. I loved Wiggum over the credits singing. We're jamming. Yeah. So good. And that was all improvised by Hank Azaria. It felt like it. It was really loose. Yeah, yeah. It's the kind of stuff they do with Homer, usually over the credits. But you, you said before that you didn't really laugh out loud at any moments. I laughed out loud at one moment in particular, and it's my favorite moment. It's when Bart, that's when Homer goes, rats, I almost had him eating dog food. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> I'm thinking, this, this just, you're watching that and you're thinking, oh, this is just a stupid Homer comment. But no, in the back of his mind, it was a ploy to get the boy to eat dog food. I thought that was yeah. brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that he was actually working towards something was pretty funny. Yes. <laughs> Do you know that the episode actually ran short, which is why they had the full sequence? It's been a while since we've had the full intro I'd, sequence. I'd assumed that. And it yeah. was actually a pretty good chalkboard gag too. Yes, it really was. Yeah. But uh, they actually cut out a lot of stuff from the episode, which is weird that they would cut stuff from an episode that would then end up running short. So they cut out, you know, when he saves baby Gerald, Laddie? So mm. that was actually an original, that was originally a, an action sequence where you see him save baby Gerald. But here now, you don't actually see what he did. He just rescues baby Gerald. Right. Okay. And Lisa was also going to be a side story where she was going to be addicted to the pills. Yeah, okay. I can imagine that would have been... I actually enjoyed that that was only one scene, to be honest. I, I really found that that pretty funny. Um, uh, maybe the Baby Gerald thing was cut out, not so much because the episode was running short, but if it was an action sequence, it might have taken a lot of animation yeah. and just decided that it wasn't worth it for a 15-second bit. A lot of it had to be um, completely rewritten as well. It was just there was a lot of changes. Went into, I don't know. This episode just felt like it wasn't. It just felt a little off. And when you read all these kind of things, you think, "Eh, that kind of makes sense." All the rewrites and things like that. But yeah, anyway. a little bit. Like even the fact that the old guy at the very end, like from from a storytelling structure, you're introducing a new character in the final act, and not only are you introducing him, and you're also like setting him up as the good guy, and then revealing him to be the fall guy. It all happens really quickly, and when it does happen that way, I guess because he's blind, you can kind of make the you can make some shortcuts in that everyone has their own biases and they're going to feel sorry for the blind guy immediately. But that even that sort of thing pays off better when you find out that he's a dope fiend if it happens later on. As, sorry, as in if he's introduced first, like if in the second act we get our first look at the blind guy and his life has been improved by Santa's little helper, then there's actually some dilemma to whether or not Bart should try to take him back. Whereas, as it is, we see him, and Santa's little helper is just in the backyard getting sprayed in the face. Like, you don't actually see the blind guy bond with him at all. He says he's his best buddy, but you don't get any of that. So that whole that whole final bit just kind of lacks the emotional impact that it could have had. Yeah, you're really right. I never actually noticed that. So, yeah, the dog's just in the back of getting sprayed. And then when Bart gets out the second time, he's just looking out the window wanting to get out. Like, Santa's little helper wants to get to Bart. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all just a little bit empty. So, they're just, they're just playing up, well, you're supposed to feel sorry for the guy because he's blind. That's it. Pretty much. That's, yeah. Like, it's they, they give you no reason other than that to actually care about what's going on at the end. Aside from the fact that, obviously, we want Bart to get his dog back, but that becomes more powerful and more conflicting if we also have a genuine reason to want the blind guy to still have a dog. Now, can I try and guess what your favourite moment was? Oh, go for it. Chief Williams' reaction to getting the dog given to him? Uh, no, not quite. I did like it. I liked that he was reduced to a little boy and like the old 1930s style. Really? No fooling? Oh, gee, thanks, mister. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like something Billy West would say, as Fry. Like, he sounded like Billy West in that moment. 
I was just thinking, no one specific. I was just thinking of like little rascal style movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the original Alfalfa it, as it, Chief Wiggum. It just reminded me of like Fry, something Fry would do. I'll tell you what I didn't like is that they drew Fat Tony into the episode but didn't have him speak. In what moment? When they're burying the credit card. Oh, of we course, We didn't yeah. see nothing if you didn't see nothing. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't have him there and then not have him be the one that delivers that line. Yeah, that is a good point. I guess they couldn't get Joe in. Maybe they wanted to get Joe and they, he couldn't make it, maybe. You could have done that over the phone. Uh, but no, um, Lisa's, Lisa on the pet pills was my favourite. Great acting from Yardley as she's it just was amazing. Get, walking down the hallway. Yeah, really fantastic so, acting. So, so great. Great delivery. <laughs> from this day forward, your name shall be... I'm furious. The same person in Facebook stole my name again. And it wasn't just my name. So I'm at work with Guy. And Guy, me and Guy thought of a name, Laddie and the Tramp. Thought we were geniuses. It's been stolen by Kind and Mugford in the Patreon group again. <laughs> Can I say that if you guys both thought of that, then it's probably one of the most obvious ones? Yeah. <laughs> but we were just like, ah, oh, what, what, what movies had dogs in it? Laddie and the Tramp. And I was like, the dog's name's Laddie. Laddie and the Tramp. It's genius. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was kind of Mugford, yeah. Um, Elster Danik also came in with My Fair Laddie. Yeah, I did like that one as well. Yep, very mm. good. What was yours uh, before we get into all of the Patreon ones? Uh, mine was All Dogs Go to Repo. I thought of that one, actually, and I thought, ah, oh, Mitch is going to laugh at me if I say that one. <laughs> no, I wanted to get away from the Laddie puns because yeah. there were too many of them. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Ritchie with Cool, Refreshing, Colionic. Mm-hmm. James Ahern with Airbart. Uh, Jonathan Dafter, this isn't too bad. Needs more dog. That's it's got to be said like that as well. Yeah, well, Spe- he spelled, spelled it D-A-W-G, like D-A-W-G, is it? Yeah, spelled yeah. it that way, yeah, uh, which helped me lean into the accent. Bailey Cashin with Dog Gone Afternoon. I like it. Great movie, That's, Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, Dog Day Afternoon is fantastic. Like, um, If there is one ongoing legacy of the movie Swordfish, it's that it would have convinced a lot of people to go and watch Dog Day Afternoon that had never seen it before because mm. of John Travolta's speech at the beginning. Like, Take Dog Day Afternoon, for example. Um, f- phenomenal work, easily Lumet's best, but they didn't push the envelope. Uh, that that was the sole reason that I was like, well, I got to go see this movie and then fell in love with it and it made its way into my top 10 super quick. Really? Okay. It, I mean, it's one that fluctuates in and out, but depending on my mood, it's um, it's right up there. I feel like Dog Day Afternoon is one of those movies that's so good, but because still there's still a lot of people out there, even movie buffs like yourself, haven't actually seen it. So it still, it still kind of feels like it's got a, like a cult following. Like you feel like if you like it and you enjoy it, that you're sort of part of the little group of people that actually have seen it. Yeah, it, it's one of those badge of honor movies that if someone has seen it, you're like, yeah, okay, this guy gets it. All right, any more new names? Uh, no, I was a little late on asking this week, so my apologies. I saw you also asked the patron patrons, I should say, for uh, episode-specific questions. So we'll get to a couple of those yep. in the mailbag, as well as some from the actual mailbag. So stay tuned for that. Next question. You there, eating the paste. You kick off the proceedings. I've only got two questions, so. Uh, I'm sorry. Is that uh, Dando not doing much work this week? Is that no. what I just heard? No, mm. Dando's not doing too, not doing anywhere near enough work. Alias, like you could do three questions, but I have bumps. To, I have a bum to clean. Bums. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the thing is, though, I just felt like this episode just didn't offer enough. I was just like, oh, I got to the end and I had two questions and I thought, I'm not going to go back and watch this to try and find a new question. Fair enough. Old two bums dando. I'm going to be stuck on that for a while. Old 89 kilo dando I was last week. Now I'm old two bums dando. What are you down to this week? I'm 85.4. And you were 80... 89.1. Wait, a week ago. You've lost four no, kilos. No, 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 no. Two, uh, that was two and a half weeks ago. 
Oh, Jesus, man. Thought you just removed a rib. Um, (laughs) What did... Or was that for a different purpose? What did Lisa's verb wheel say in English? Well, I learned German, so I'm trying to remember. Our ist. He is. Did it say she is as well? I don't think it's is. It's... um, No, ist is is, dude. I know. Are you sure? Yes. Our ist. Our ist is he is. Ist German. Well, my first translation was uh, incorrect in that instance because when I punched that exact sentence, copy yeah. and pasted in, it came up with I eat, he eats, she, uh, we eat. Ist, I-S-T. Hmm. Wait, 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 wait. Have I forgotten? I, if I, I swear ist was it. Our ist is he no, is. ist is eats. Really? What's is then in German? Fuck, I've forgotten. I've, it's obviously been too long. <laughs> is English to German? Uh... I don't know. I don't know if the Germans have a word for is. Yeah, because Essen is... Yeah, because... Uh, yeah, yeah, because Essen is eight. You're right. Yeah, shit. Yeah. Oh, man. So, ist, ist with... <laughs> no, actually, not too far away. Ist with one S is is. Ist oh, with two S's. Well, that's what I thought it was. E. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Now no, that makes much enough. more sense. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I was like, how have I forgotten that? That's like the basics. <laughs> but then that makes more sense. And again, like you get Homer having a little smart moment here where he speaks German with Ich bin hungry. But the thing is, he, Dan pronounces it really weird because when we learned it in school, it was always hungrig, hungrig. But he's like, yep. Ich bin hungry. And I'm like, that's an American reading a German German word that doesn't know how to actually speak German. <laughs> uh, or it's Homer saying a German word. Yeah, it, it, it perfectly fits the character, but I just wasn't sure whether Dan was playing that up or whether he just didn't know actually how to pronounce the word. You'd think, you'd think Dan would know how to pronounce the word. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd give Dan the credit and say that he's playing it up for the sake of being in character. It just, it just When he said it, I just went, that's not right. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, just, <laughs> just sounded weird, but yeah, it fits the character for sure. Uh, my first question is, what did Bart list as his occupation when applying for the credit card? Uh, oh, jeez, oh, that's annoying. Wait, hang on. Is it I, um, I keeps what I finds or is that salary? That's his salary. So it's, I'll give yeah. you a clue. He says something similar to 911 in My Sister, My Sitter. This occupation uh, would help one of the diseases. Butt doctor? Butt doctor, yep. Gotcha. There we go. That actually was one of the other alternate titles, by the way, Butt Doctor Chicago. Okay. Which, now that you've reminded me of that line, makes more sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that was Mark Sam. Thank you for contributing. My second question, what colour tie was Homer wearing? Was it pink and purple? Mm, pretty close. It was pink and peach. Pink and peach, okay. Not, not, 0.5 of a point. And for me, how many ladies were bred? How many lady dogs? Coll- collie dogs? 12. 800. Wow. They're worth $1,200, though. That's why Bart only bought one. What time did the missus want to arrive at Wimbledon? Did the missus want to arrive at Wimbledon? I've said the missus. It's that in Bart's imagination of what would have happened to Santa's little helper. Oh, yeah. I was like, when the hell? Um, uh, was there, is there a 2 in there? Was it 2, 2 p.m.? Uh, no, it was noonfall. Noonfall. Okay, yeah, way yeah. off. I fear that we won't make it by noonfall. Do you know that scene where he says at the end, um, he looks out the window and you hear the, the ship. You're actually supposed to hear somebody yell out, more dogs, but they thought it would have been a bit too much for the joke. Uh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. I agree, actually. Yeah, that would have been, yeah, step too far. Definitely, yeah. What I did like about it, though, was that Bart goes, nah, highly unlikely. 
was like, <laughs> definitely is. But uh, Mitch, anything you want to tell the listeners before we get into the full review? No, other than the fact that I'm just going to sabotage this review with stories about dogs. So be prepared. The original air date was April 13th, 1997. The chalkboard gag is a fire drill does not demand a fire. Like you said, a very good chalkboard gag. And mm. the couch gag is that the grandpa's asleep on the couch as like it's a bed. They fold it up and he they then sit on the couch. So he just gets pushed into the wall. Did you ever have a fold-out couch at home? I had a futon. Does that count? They turn into a couch? Yeah, they're similar. Yeah, similar. Uh, did, oh, no, we did have a... Uh, we had a proper fold-out couch at my mum's place when I was about 16, 17. My, uh, that couch was positioned between my little brother's room and my little sister's room. There was like a little secondary living area uh, between those two bedrooms. It did not stop my friend Sam Green from sleeping in that bed naked on several occasions. I was going to say, did any funky business go down in that bed? No funky business, no. There was a bar right through the middle. If you if you had funky business in that bed, you would not walk again. <laughs> Alrighty, Mitch, how does the episode kick off? Uh, kicks off with Santa's little helper running into the door, basically. But I, I think they Santa's little helper in this in the first act, he feels so real. You know, just sitting outside yeah. the window, waiting for his owner to let him in. Gets finally gets let in the next day, and he's still so excited to see his owner. Like he just feels so real. Yeah, uh, I I really laughed at the well, like when I say really laughed, we've discussed that I didn't laugh out loud, but I did really find this bit funny with the Marge males here, but. This happened to my dog Indy only a couple of days ago where we have a sliding like fly wire door with a doggy door attached to it. So we often just have our glass door open and the doggy door there so they can come and go. No flies get in. Everyone's happy. But that has meant that Indy has trained herself only to see the fly wire as if that is in position, then I'm good to go. Um, or if it's, you know, if it's been moved across to the side, I can, I can just run through there. So the other day I'd got their food bowls, I filled them up, I'd closed the door behind me because it was super hot and I had the air conditioner on. As I'd come back with the full uh, bowls and they were about to go back outside, Indy always tears off in front of me and she just ran headfirst into the glass door and kind of looked at it betrayed. <laughs> like, it was just I one of those... I trusted you. <laughs> yeah, like, where did this come from? <laughs> but have you ever walked into a door? It is one of the strangest sensations mm. in the world. Yeah, it is. It's really strange. Or reaching out. And like, so not even face first, but you just sort of reach out through the door and then you hit your fingers on nothing. Yes. Or when you think there's a step down and there's not. Yeah, that's awful. I mean, even if you don't fall, you're like, whoa, what? what, what? <laughs> it just plays, it plays mind tricks on you. Yeah. But with me, uh, like sliding, do your dogs just slide along the hallway when you throw toys down the hallway and stuff? Not so much Murphy. He doesn't pick up the pace, but Indy, yes. Indy has gotten really good at learning when she needs to start to skid to catch a ball without running into the door. Yeah, Jet's just constantly running into the door. Jet is Santa's little helper. Yeah. Unless they're running at me, in which case they won't stop. It's just 100 Ks an hour. Into oh, really? Yeah. Some dogs some dogs learn to just slow down. Some dogs just jump and some dogs just run straight into you and take your knees out. Yeah. I saw a really funny gif of a dog the other day. You know that... um thing that was doing the rounds of like holding up a bed sheet and you sort of hold it and hide behind it a couple of times to tell the dog that that's where you are. And then you drop it, like you sort of pull it up over your head, you drop it and you quickly duck into the hallway or around the corner or something. And the dog freaks out because you're not there. Very, very funny. 
Yeah, so I saw someone doing that and, like, went up once, went up twice. And as they were about to go up the third time, I think it was it looked like a bulldog. It was a really stocky, short dog. But the dog just leapt at them. It's sort of like <laughs> they held the sheet up and it just gun-barreled them, spear-tackled in their hips and knocked them on their ass. That's amazing. It was really, really <laughs> funny. Uh, but you mentioned uh, here, so the, the family getting the mail. This was brought in because apparently before now, I swear there has been, but... I. According to Wikipedia, there hasn't been. According to the commentary, they've never had a scene with a family all receiving mail, which is why they wanted to incorporate it into an episode. That's why this happened. Yeah, right. I can't say that that's a good enough reason for it. <laughs> I don't know. You said, you said you enjoyed it. You found it funny. But I swear we've had the family getting mail before. Maybe not all one by one individually. Reader's Digest in uh, little Mrs. Lisa Goes to Washington. Was that not a sort of... But I think, was it was it Homer, you get this, Lisa, you get that, Marge, you get this kind of thing? Or was it just... Oh, it wasn't like handing it out, you know, like in MASH yeah. when the letters arrive at camp. I guess that's what they mean. But yeah, I don't know. It was it was funny. I liked how they sort of retread like six to eight weeks later and mm. it's the same thing. But yes, yeah, so what happened? So Bart complains that he doesn't get any mail. Lisa gets her verb wheel. Homer gets... What does Homer get? I can't remember. Oh, cartoons. Oh, ca- I thought it was a nice wordplay. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. And Bart complains that he hasn't got any mail for himself, so Marge gives him the junk mail. I love... It's actually a, um, sorry, it was a pretty rude joke from Homer there. I don't know if you picked up on it, but mm-hmm. it was, um, who pumped Ethel? No, I didn't pick up on that, actually. Yeah, yeah. so, like, that. that's a pretty filthy little double entendre. Hmm, definitely. But uh, Marge gives Bart the junk mail. I loved going through junk mail when I was a kid, like, going through, like, the JB Hi-Fi specials and things like that. Hmm. I don't. What about you? Like, did you ever like, for example, I used to like the uh, like the. I was a fat kid, so I enjoyed the takeaway vouchers. <laughs> I was going to say the KFC stuff. vouchers. Yeah, uh, two for one deals, or you know, you get lunch for like six bucks. I still look for those. Outside of that, it's all straight in the bin. Well, we don't get junk mail anymore because we've got the thing on the letterbox. I miss it. I'm al- I almost want to secretly take it off so I can get junk mail again. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about it was when we were kids, right? I think I've mentioned this before. Hungry Jacks, you can get two whoppers for three dollars. I was going to say bra catalogs, but okay. Ah, oh, they're not too bad. Not too bad. It's the only reason I go to visit my nan is to go through a junk mail. The only reason I go to Westfield is to walk past Honey Burdette. <laughs> that, how good's the, the the advertising on the front? Yeah, now that, sorry, that's sleazy and I, that's not true. But what I do, <laughs> what I do really love, because there are some chairs just outside there. You sit down on the chairs and you sort of look down the hallway and you just watch guys walking along with their wives slash girlfriends trying to do the like little sideways eyes <laughs> without the, without being spotted. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the wife knows it's happening, but she just has to just accept it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so what was the gag here? So Marge says we're the Publishers Clearinghouse, we're out of the running. What's Publishers Clearinghouse? Uh, Publishers Clearinghouse was one of those sort of scams where it's like you may be in the running to win a million dollars, please submit your details. Ah, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I knew it was something stupid. But I, just, yeah. I thought I'd just ask Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> but but. This should be a segment. What else do you want to know about the world? Ask Mitch. Poo, baby. Okay, let's see now. Occupation. Hmm. Butt doctor. <laughs> Income. Whatever I find, I keeps. <laughs> Name. Hmm. Name. Name. My name is Santa's Little Helper. We come back six to eight weeks later, like we said, and they use it, it's pretty much just repeating the uh, the exact same scene. You hear the, instead, though, you only hear the sound effects, which I thought was nice. It still yeah, says six true. to eight weeks. You still hear, you hear the dog hit the door and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Margin finds the credit card in the mail. 
and it yeah. cuts the black. Before that, I like the rejection letter from the New York New Yorker subscription department. So I took that as the New Yorker is a kind of uh, let's say pretentious magazine. Oh, really? A, okay. Has a I like I mean it has a high view of itself. So the fact that the Simpsons have tried to subscribe and they've said no, <laughs> like I, that I like that. It's like no, you're not good enough to read our magazine. You are not worthy. Yeah, <laughs> but he cuts the bar very happy. He's very happy with the dog because the dog's the one that... Well, the dog didn't do anything, but what this does is it sort of sets up that bond that Bart and Santa's little helper have. They have to sort of remind the viewer, hey, Bart's really the only one that really, truly loves this dog. I mean, the family, when they need to, they love the dog, but Bart's the one that is his best friend, essentially. So he's the dog that keeps on giving, spits up the quarter and whatnot. He's still just a mutt, really. Then he goes on a spending spree at the comic book store. I was watching this thinking, well, comic book guy knows who Bart is. How would this work? Mm. And then, shut up, Brendan. We haven't got to the point yet. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, pardon me, Santos, if that is your real name, Bart Simpson. I did like that. It, it felt very forced. The the make like my pants and split, but it was still funny. But it just it, it was, just felt a bit. I don't know shoehorned in a little bit. It was delivered well enough, and I didn't remember it, and I don't remember ever hearing it anywhere else. So I was like, it's one of those jokes that the first time you hear that, that's funny. The second time, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that already. Yep, yep, yep. So Bart's disappointed, goes to leave, and he finds in the trash can uh, the Covet House catalogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something like kids these days wouldn't even know what a telephone is. That's the gag. But now it's like, our phone doesn't go to 800. Or yeah, less. that's true. The other thing about this episode too. So Bart conveniently has the telephone in his room again. Uh, yeah, true. But I mean, Simpsons geography is only ever as, as locked in as it needs to be for any given storyline. Yeah, I know. Can I just say, side note here, that I can't ever come across the word covet without hearing it said in uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins' voice from Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I know, right? And how does one covet Clarice? <laughs> Go do the do the uh, the Hannibal sound, the Hannibal letter sound. I can't. It's I just don't have the ability to move my lip that fast. And if you can't do it, it just sounds creepy as shit. It, well, it sounds pretty creepy to begin with, but I, I really can't do it. Um, I, I I can only do the like you know Megs like was it um, oh well no hang on I've I, I just realised I was going to do that scene and then there's there's words in there that you won't let me say on the podcast but well, do, I, I, I I know the just say it and I'll beep it out he said I can smell your and we don't have to beep it out I won't go further than that and I just love the way Lecter pauses is like I myself cannot. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then names the perfume that she's wearing instead. It's very, very good. It's, I, you don't hear much about that movie anymore. Well, it's pretty old now. You don't hear much about many movies from the early 90s anymore. Mm, I guess so. Well, see, I don't watch free-to-air TV very often. I've been going to see my name quite a bit lately and watching free-to-air over there. And I feel like the movies there, you don't see many 90s films on TV much anymore. You do see the mm. classic Face-Off and Con Air and stuff. I mean, it's every summer in Australia. But... Movies like Silence of the Lambs, I guess you couldn't really put that on TV unless it was late at night. No, it's, no, it's pretty tame. You can put that on TV. It is, it is tame, isn't it? It's just, yeah. I guess it's just the theme of it. But anyway, so uh, Bart has bought the family gifts. He buys Marge some salmon. Homer's, yeah. Homer a golf shop with his corporate logo that says hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it also smells like salmon. Smells like salmon. So great. And buys Lisa the Trucker's Choice capsules, which she actually enjoys. Yeah, uh, she's like, we should say how thoughtful or something like that. Yeah, like, like it's the, a, yeah. Must like, be the yes, top brand I, of, of, of um, what, what's the term for those? Just not, not sleeping pills, they're more... Uppers? Yeah, I guess you can call them that. <laughs> Marge then questions, uh, like, how, how did you afford all this stuff? 
Let me answer that with cookware. <laughs> and they sneak in the kinks. This, to me, sort of, it kind of went on a little bit too long. Mm. Like it, you, you, I expected something to happen at the end of it because they dragged it on for a good 10 or so seconds. You're like, oh, is she going to say something funny or... Yeah. Or no. But no, the joke is just that Marge is rocking out. Yeah. Lisa then notices that Bart has a ton of cool shit. You can hear he's got the old school pinball. Mm-hmm. Now, I love that you're a winner. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Ah, you've been all edgy and suspicious ever since I gave you those pep pills. What are you talking about? I don't need pep pills to be suspicious. If I want to comment on it, I'll comment on it. Who's going to stop me? You pep pill boy? Pep boys, pills, Beverly Sills. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. 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 Oh, boy. I got to take those pills. You think you're so great. As I said earlier, the acting from Yardley there is just amazing. It's so, really so great. I love it. It's up there with... Uh, I think you can probably find this on 30 Rock when Kenneth... Uh, sorry, you can find this on YouTube, but when Kenneth from 30 Rock starts drinking coffee and doesn't normally drink coffee and he's just off the walls. Mm. But when actors do that well, it's really, really great to see. Quick question for you. A bit of a you know detour off the off, away from the episode, but you get a credit card for five grand right now. Yep. Right now, Ash doesn't know about it. Yep. You, you in your mind, are never going to have to pay this back. What do you buy right now? In, in my mind or in reality? In, re- so, uh, in reality, so like, okay. in, so in, in your mind, so Bart at, yeah. at this point thinks he's never going to have to pay it back, is what okay. I'm saying. So you're, you're yeah. thinking, this is $5,000 of free money. Ash will never know that I actually have it. Yeah. What do you buy? Um, okay, so it's got to be from a store, obviously, because credit card, it's got to be a purchase. I can't yeah. just, I can't go buy $5,000 worth of cocaine or something like that. You could buy goods, though, in exchange for cocaine. <laughs> Swap them over. Yeah. <sighs> what would I... Um, I don't know. Do you want an interesting answer or do you want the reality? I'm thinking you would buy really good set of golf clubs. Yeah. It'd be more than that. It'd be a full fitting. I'd go to the TaylorMade Fitting Center, which is the other side of Melbourne where they do like two hours. They pop those, um, oh, what are they called? Like you wear the bodysuit with the balls on it and they measure, like they track your swing and show it to you in like isometric cameras and that sort of stuff. Oh, um, like the fucking, like when they're doing green screens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like Andy Circus. Yeah. Gets to wear one of those things. That'd be pretty cool. But even that, that's going to leave me with two grand left over. So let's say- Would you, three- would you, would you buy a, re- a, like a, a virtual golfing screen for your house? I'd have to raise the roof and I don't think I'd get that done with five grand. <laughs> um, yeah, but true. no, so let's say, yeah, three grand on golf clubs, two grand on uh, like whatever the- most vintage Playboy magazine is that I could get for two grand. Really? Yeah. I don't. I never took you as a Playboy man. No, I'm not. It just came to mind as a frivolous thing to buy. <laughs> I got two thousand dollars to spend, my good man. What do you got? <laughs> exactly. Behold, the ultimate Playboy. <laughs> do we have a store like that in Geelong where you can just go and spend two grand on something stupid like that? Uh, what about Antiques Bazaar or something like that? Oh, yeah, good point. Because that used the, to have... The mill markets or something. Yeah, or pop culture, where you could just go buy a life-size Mr. Freeze for five grand if you want to. Oh, we, we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> three grand through me. <laughs> I'll keep the extra two. But anyway, so getting back to the episode, Bart then comes across uh, the Collie Dog. Only mm-hmm. 800 of them made. $1,200. 1200 bucks. I better get one. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hello, my name is Laddie. I've been trained to gather fruit for you as a welcome gift. Good dog. And you really feel sorry for Santa's little helper here because he's just sitting there and he's so, he's just so loyal, isn't he? He just wants to play, yeah. Yeah, he like, just, wants to, just wants to be with Bart. He just loves Bart so much. Yeah, Santa's Little Helper is very much like Indy for me. And here's like dog confession number one for me from this episode. When we first got Indy, I, we'd had Murphy for a couple of years and I absolutely adored Murphy and had said to Ash, should we ever divorce? I get Murphy, you get Indy. And that'd be a way of making sure I always had Murphy in my life. I've since changed to should we ever divorce? You get none of the dogs and... <laughs> I will fight you to the death for them because Indy has just loved the absolute shit out of me ever since. And I've, Ash always brings it up to make me feel guilty. It's like to think that you would have been happy with getting rid of her. I'd be more scared of the fact that she's still bringing up the idea of a divorce. Oh, that's weekly. <laughs> the, talk, the listeners don't talk, know that though. Talked her off the ledge that many times. I've started to run out of scripts. <laughs> I did like here too that so the cat screams at the dog because it makes sense because she's never seen this dog before. Yeah, that's true. What cat wouldn't freak out? Yeah, yeah, they think it's in being invaded. Yeah, yeah. Lady then does the backflip and whatever. Homer walks in. Hey, Santa's little helper. What? You're not Santa's little helper. Now that's a great setup for a joke later on when she says, "Where's Santa's little helper?" Homer goes, "Who?" Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I did like Bart's excuse here that he yeah. won set one laddie at a church carnival two towns over in a two towns contest. over. Yeah, <laughs> two towns over. <laughs> we can't really say that in Geelong. You can't say two towns over. No, because you're not winning anything in Colac. Or what? What is is Colac two towns over? I don't know. Wouldn't it's be winnable. <laughs> no, because it's like Winchelsea then Colac. So Winchelsea is one town over in yeah, that I direction. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. Then Homer's, yeah, dogs like this, you have to feed every day. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> but if, if Marge acknowledges here, ah, oh, we, we we screwed up the first dog, let's not screw up this one. Mm. Like the family just, when they when there's fear of losing Santa's little, Santa's little helper for good, they're always sad and they really want him back. But they don't really treat him very well, except for Bart. Yeah, they all take, but even Bart takes him for granted from time to time, but the rest of them are almost permanently in taking for granted mode. I feel like all of us, to a little extent, take our dogs for granted sometimes. Not me. You don't reckon? No. I I have not gone to birthday parties because my dogs gave me a look that made me feel guilty because I hadn't spent enough time with them in the last two days. Is that why you went at my 30th? No, that was different. And I came to your 30th after I I walked them. (laughs) (laughs) Now, didn't you have some photography gig that night? Yes, I did that night. I was actually working. I was photographing my dogs. Yeah, yeah. I had to get them into Pups Monthly. <laughs> then we hear, this is a, a good audio gag, you hear the toilet flush, lady walks yeah. back in, yeah. gloating. And even by this point, you're like, I fucking hate this dog. A, a little bit. The idea of a dog that can go to the toilet, I did enjoy though, because I just had to, like, I when I first got home, I did the, the run of the backyard just to tidy up a little bit and my backyard because we've had a few 40 degree days and i hadn't been out there to clean up after them for a little bit it basically resembled the end scene of inventors affinity war it was just dust everywhere (laughs) just seeing piles of shit disappearing (laughs) just floating away in the wind (laughs) santa's little helper meanwhile is waiting outside happily we get a bit of a time lapse it's still night time hasn't moved i've just got here in brackets sad Mm. It's just sad. Feel, feel sorry for the little guy. Yeah. It's sad in the fact that 
no one's even thought to think that where is he? You yeah, know? of course. And because I'm sure deep down he'd just want to play with Laddie as well. Which yeah, is definitely something that we so when we got Indy because we were worried that Murphy was alone through the day and we didn't feel great about that. And Ash recently was chatting with our neighbour next door and like we'd never really spoken to them too much, but they work from home, so they're around all the time. Just got onto the subject of talking about dogs and we're like, Yeah, I don't really hear much from yours. I used to hear yours sort of just occasionally sound really sad through the day. Like before we'd gotten Indy. I was like, That's the most heartbreaking thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that is pretty sad. Oh, so yeah. Do you lock your dog outside or do you leave him in? Well, I was able to leave Murphy in because he was pretty well behaved. But since we've had Indy, they have to go in the backyard together because she will destroy shit. Oh, she's a chore, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> and you've never been able to train her out of it? Uh, I think it'll be another couple of years. I'd like to think isn't eventually. She, isn't, she, isn't she like three already? Yeah. Okay. It's been a long three years, Dando. <laughs> <laughs> Santa's little helper is happy to be finally let in. He jumps all over Bart, but Bart just completely ignores him and decides to take Letty for a walk. Actually, no, before that. I was going to say, before that, we get the collections agency call. Hello? Hello, Mr. Helper. I'm calling from Money Bank Credit Services Department. I was wondering if you had a chance to read the threatening letter we sent you. Nah. Because you sound like a mature, responsible person who wouldn't want an unpaid credit card bill to spoil all his hopes and dreams for the future. Dreams such as home ownership, boat ownership, and event attendance. Now, when can I tell my supervisor, Mr. Robinson, to expect payment? Good dog. Didn't Marge read that letter? (laughs) Uh, you would have, well, if it was addressed... Hmm, yeah. (laughs) Maybe she's gone while it's addressed to Carlos, that's Bart. Whatever. Carlos? Santos. Well, what, Santos, sorry. I was thinking of... <laughs> you know what it was? I was thinking of Carlos Santana. How? Because Santos. I was thinking Santa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I just conflated the two. Yep, yep, yep. Then then we get the point where he's happy to find a lady in and Bart just ignores him because he's taking a lady for the walk. We get the mobsters moment that we mentioned earlier. We didn't see nothing if you didn't see nothing. Mm-hmm. Because Bart is burying the... What's he? He's burying the phone, is he? No, no he's burying? The, cr- the credit card. The credit card. Credit yeah. card. Credit card, yeah. Then the repo men are at Bart's house as he's walking back. He makes Laddie hide. Um, the parents... This was odd. Mum and Dad have gone for a walk with the Flanders. Yeah. It's like, they, the- it's like they'd forgotten... Wait a minute. Marge and Homer would be here, wouldn't they? Quick, let's quickly think of a reason why they're not. They've gone for a walk with the Flanders. That would never happen. Oh, yeah. Unless there's another deleted scene somewhere that didn't pay off. I, I could only think that that was setting something up and then it just got left in because they had no other option once they deleted the scene. Yeah, I don't know. It was strange. I can hear chipping away at your house. Is that chipping? Someone oh. like a jackhammer or ch- ch- chiseling something? It was actually my fingernail on a beer bottle. I was surprised that that got picked up on the microphone. <laughs> it sounded like someone was chiseling your name in stone. Was it this? Yes, that is it. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know whether you're trying to actually walked in and you're Morse code communicating to each other. No, no, it's just being absent-minded. <laughs> it happens at work sometimes. You're sitting there and I'll sort of be like rocking my leg, which is making the, the desk move. And all of our desks are sort of one giant desk around mm. the room. And everyone's like, who's rocking the desk? I'm like, oh shit, that was me. That was me. <laughs> That's amazing <laughs> that this is a really directional microphone. I was holding the beer behind, like a good two feet away and behind the behind the direction that it's actually pointing. Now, when we have Guy Davis coming for movie podcasts, you have to constantly yell at him to put the microphone <laughs> inside his throat or you can't hear him. Yet I do this. 
and that gets heard. <laughs> like, but, what the hell? But, but am, I, am I hearing you through the mic or through Skype, though? Through your computer? Uh, no, you'd be hearing it through the mic. So that is hiding in the bushes. What the hell was that? Uh, I didn't hear anything. No, I just heard a toilet flush. Not, um, not in this house. I wouldn't, wouldn't have thought. Nicola and Elliot are clearly asleep right now, so it wasn't them. I heard mm-hmm. a toilet. Maybe. maybe Wait a minute. Why do you all of a sudden sound better? Were you in the fucking toilet? I um, don't know what you're talking about, Dando. I, I mean, on my end, I sound the same. Listeners, I apologize if for some reason for the last fifty minutes because I thought something was up when I could hear you clicking that bottle. I thought that sounds weird. That's weird. Why can I hear that? You were in the toilet drinking, weren't you? Four finger discount. Now with added poo particles in your headphones. Why would you? The listeners have been listening to shit and you shitting for the last 50 minutes. No, listeners have been listening to me uh, having realised for the last 50 minutes, or having not realised that I didn't plug the microphone into the laptop and I've just been picked up by the shitty old, uh, well, not shitty old because it's a Microsoft Surface Pro, uh, but just regular laptop microphone. You didn't have the mic plugged in? Are you kidding me? Hey, remember that time that we recorded for an hour and a half and then you went, oh, I haven't been recording. Really? Did I do that? Yes, you did. When did that happen? I don't know. A couple of years ago. Oh no, the battery, the card was full, wasn't oh, the it? The battery died or something. The card, like the that. card yeah, got the card full. Was full, and it, it doesn't yeah. tell you when the card's full. I looked over and it was just like wasn't moving, and you were speaking at the time, and I'm thinking, oh god, oh god, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we been going for? Luckily, it was like ten minutes that we missed out on, as opposed to the hour and a half that you just said. But still, yes, we've all made mistakes. <laughs> Felt like an hour and a half. <laughs> hey, at least remember me when my file got corrupted. And I had to re-record the entire ninety-minute podcast from my end by myself. That's not your fault, but my god, no, I st- that was more stressful. <laughs> I still haven't listened to that. Actually, that'd be fun. Oh man. <laughs> Alrighty. So anyway, so Lenny's hiding in the bushes, and so that's why the repo man can't see him. So they see Santa's little helper, yep. and they ask Bart, "Is it, is this the dog we should be taking?" And this is where Bart loses me. Yeah, exactly. Because Santa's Little Helper has done nothing to deserve this. Oh, I mean, apart from the fact that he's chewing up a, fa- a family photo album at the time. Yeah, you know, they kind of they have that to sort of give Bart a, not a reason, but it's to say, oh, he is kind of a shit dog at times, isn't he? It's just highlighting that he's very much not laddie. Yes, he's not and, the perfect dog. And the, but who wants the and perfect I dog? I guess <laughs> there's an element there, possibly, maybe, 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 if you wanted to reach, you could say that Bart is thinking of how much the family love laddie. Yeah, maybe. True. But still, I, I think like I said at the start of the podcast, in this moment, Bart's just a 10-year-old kid in a situation well over his head. He doesn't know what he's doing. He knows what the right thing is to do, but he's just panicking because like he, like he yeah, just said, exactly. he's, just, he just, he's not thinking straight and he immediately regrets it. He like even said he apologizes yep. to Santa's little helper, but it's just like, yeah, I know, you still shouldn't have done it though, but you can kind of understand it because he's just a 10-year-old child. Pretty much. He's a 10-year-old child, but he's being Colonel Slade from a scent of woman that... Uh, I have come to the crossroads in my life, and every time, without question, I knew the right path, and I never took it. You know why? Because it was too damn hard. Not bad. That is my Foghorn Lakehorn impression, <laughs> and next week, I'll do El Pacino. <laughs> then, Santa's little hubby gets taken away, and there's a couple of moments here, it, it, earlier on in the episode as well, when he's waiting at the window, maybe waiting at the door, where Santa's little helper just whimpers. And you just mm. you really feel sorry for the dog. It's like he knows what's going on. He's just confused. Like, why am I getting taken away? You're my best friend. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly right. And this is the thing that I hate about going away from my dogs. Like, I, I spoke to you about this, about how Jet handled you guys having your honeymoon. Like, we've got a trip to Europe next year, and I'm going to be out of the house for the best part of a month. And I'm like, 
I can't explain to them that I'm coming back. And like, you know, will they be sad? Will they just adjust? And I know that there are schools of thought that dogs don't know the difference of time from like, you know, one hour versus a week or whatever it might be. Personally, I feel like that's full of shit, but I, but who knows? Like, but either way, in my head, I feel guilty as hell if I ever leave them for any length of time because I, I panic that they think I'm not coming back. I think they, you will miss them a lot more than they miss you. Yeah, like I, I, a pet will miss its owner, but as long as they're getting looked after, they'll still be fine. They'll still be very excited when you're back home because like, oh shit, yeah, it's you. I haven't seen you for a long time. They get really, really excited. Exactly. But not, I don't think they're going to be moping around, you know, really, really sad the whole time. They might be confused well, at first, but I can't see them being sad. So you shouldn't let your honeymoon be spoiled because you're worrying about your dog, even though you can't help it. Holiday, not honeymoon. But oh, it's a honeymoon. Sorry. Let, <laughs> no, I related it to your honeymoon, oh, but yes. let's just... Let's just say that I am removing all razor blades from the house just to be on the safe side <laughs> and all rope. No rope toys at all? Uh, no, no rope toys for the time that I'm away. Now, what, you know what I hate here? When Lady walks up and licks Bart, it's like, you smug prick. Like, it's like Lady knew what happened. He's like, mm, yeah, it's like, yeah, little bit. He's like, yeah you, you made the right choice. I'm better than him. Thank you. Because because a dog like Laddie would not lick. No. It's too well trained. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I don't like you, dog. Do not like you at all. But so we come back from commercial... And Bart, he asked Marge, can I feed Laddie at the table? And this is normally something that Marge would not allow, but because she likes Laddie, yeah, just this once. And then, I like, it's funny, just takes it to his bowl anyway. Yeah, that is pretty funny. <laughs> I really liked Homer in this moment, actually. Oh, the whole family trying to impress Laddie was pretty funny. I don't know about this dog. He's kind of snooty. Homer, are you wearing a tie to impress Laddie? Do you think he noticed? Mm. Collies are a little bit snooty. My mum's got a few of them, and I can't warm to them. I'm like that with cats. Cats are snooty. Cats are arrogant. Collies are just standoffish. They're a bit aloof. Oh, I've my friends got a collie. He's not too bad. Crazy, uncontrollably crazy. But mm. yeah, no, not too bad of a dog. But like you said, Marge's got lipstick on as well. Uh, Lisa then says, "Where's Santa's little helper?" And this is where Homer says, "Who?" I thought <laughs> I, I laughed. Oh, that was great. <laughs> but then it says that he took him to a kennel. Where did he take him to? How far away? Two towns over. Two towns over. <laughs> Just until Laddie got settled in. Yes, yes. It's like he sell- paints himself as the good guy here. Yeah. And I guess in the eyes of the family, he kind of is because they prefer Laddie, as mean as that is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Marge says, let's not... Let's- oh, this is Actually, this is where Marge says, let's not wreck this dog. I, th- I think I said earlier in the episode, that's where she said it, but it's not. It's right here. It's just to say, like... Yeah, you know, it is here. They... I don't know, that is, they didn't... Not that they mistreated the dog, but they just didn't really care for him as much as Bart did. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, like, it's not like they were deliberately cruel. They were just a bit neglectful. Whereas here, everyone's fighting over the ability to go take Laddie for a walk. As we, Of course, we later find out part of the reason they never took Santa's little helper for a walk is because crowds gave him gas. Hey, this park is great. How come we never take Santa's little helper here? Crowds give him gas. Besides, he's happy just hanging around the house with Bart. Um, yeah. Hey, that is one fine-looking animal you got there. Wow, TV's Kent Brockman. <laughs> hey, this fella's not available to stud, is he? You want some puppies, eh, Mr. Brockman? No, no, Jessica's been fixed. She just needs a little attention. Why, that canine is the proud bearing and glossy fur coat of a Yale man. Hello, little fella. Smithies. I believe this dog was in Skull and Bones. A gag here I've never understood, but I looked it up. So he says he's from Skull and Bones. Do you know what that is? 
No, I was curious about that. So Skull and Bones is an undergraduate senior secret student society at Yale University in Connecticut. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, that does make sense because you mentioned having the glossy fur coat of a Yale man. Yes. I So, without looking it up, I at the time, I was like, it's probably some sort of Yale thing. Yeah, so it's a very, very... And it's still going to date because it keeps saying is, is, is on Wikipedia, not was. So, it must still be a thing. Gotcha. But very secretive and... I guess it's kind of like the stonecutters, you know? Yeah, right. Right in, if you're from Yale. I don't imagine anyone is, but not listening to us by any stretch, they would have given up a long, long time ago. <laughs> Three words out of my mouth, they're going, nope, next. <laughs> Otto then throws the frisbee and Letty throws it back. Great visual yep. of it just hitting Homer's head. <laughs> yeah, while he's just dumbstruck watching and applauding. Yeah, and we get a line here. This is one of my favourite, if not my favourite, Millhouse lines of all time. Didn't know it was from this episode. Hey, Bart, Laddie's the best dog in the world. He's nothing like your old dog. Santa's little helper? Guess I was the only one who loved him. You got that right. Remember the time you ate my goldfish and you lied to me and said I never had any goldfish? But why'd I have the bowl, Bart? Why did I have the bowl? Yeah, he was a great dog. It's so good, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Uh, that that is. Um, it's almost the episode highlight, actually, mm. as far as iconic moments, moments that have that stand the test of time. And as you said, one of those moments that you can forget what episode it's from because the moment itself could be lifted and put just about anywhere. But I do like the audacity of lying and telling Millhouse that no, you never had any goldfish. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing you think of, isn't it, when you're a ten-year-old kid? Yeah, I suppose. But it's a good point that you brought up here. There's not that many iconic moments in this episode at all. Uh, no, that's the, there's just not a lot that's really overly memorable. No. So Bart then walks off sad. What this moment does well is, besides being hilarious in the highlight of the episode, is that it reiterates to Bart that what he did was a terrible thing, and it makes Bart realize that, yeah, I was the only one that loved him. I kind of feel bad yeah. that you know I was the only one he had, and even I gave him up. You know. Bart then has the imagination, or the, the dream sequence, I guess you could say, of Santa's little helper being thrown into the fire to make the ship go. Captain, can't we go any faster? I greatly fear we shan't be in Wimbledon by noonfall. No worries, madam. Lumley, shovel on more dogs, won't you? Aye, aye. More dogs! More dogs! In you go. <gasps> Nah, that's not too likely. But still, you're gone. Where are you, boy? Laddie then gives Bart the walk card, and this is where he's uh, he's starting to realise how annoying it can be to have a super trained dog, because you've got to keep into its routine. Yeah. Uh, uh, Some friends of mine have done the whole raise a guide dog puppy... uh, Not guide dog, um, uh, sniffing dog, like... Police security, uh, airport security dog, and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and it is pretty full on. How much work that they need to put into it, and how strict you need to be. I don't think I could do it because I don't know. I just I'd become too attached. You'd have to be. You'd have to immediately tell yourself this is a work dog, not not to be your friend. Basically, I think it's a good solution for a couple where one of them wants a dog, but the other one doesn't, because you get one person makes the compromise of, well, at least I get to play with the dog for a, a bit and then when it's gone, I'll get another dog that I get to play with and the other person gets to go, well, at least this dog won't be around too long. And, you know, that that's how... That was kind of how I saw 
the couple that I knew that was doing it. But I could never do it, same as you. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're a dog lover, the only, thing, the only negative about that too is that the person who really wants a dog, whilst they're getting to play with a dog, if you love dogs, you can't help but just get slightly emotionally attached yeah. to it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Bart is clearly sick of Lady by this point. Um, even when he's like saving babies and whatnot, he's just like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. Like, you're super dog. Who gives a shit? I want my old dog yeah. back, my friend, you know. You're just a dog. Yeah. I want my friend back. Second appearance of baby Gerald, by the way. Only the second appearance, is it? Uh, I don't know. Maybe not only, but it's it's been a while. I think this is the first time we hear his name. That's for sure. I'm pretty sure it is. And I mean, I don't know if there's any point to the fact that it was the baby with the one eyebrow or just the fact that they didn't have any other go-to babies. Yeah, try and name another baby because Apu hasn't had his yet. We've seen babies mm. at the, uh, the daycare center where Maggie went to, but... No actual babies that have been defined as like a, a character of the show. Like recurring babies, yeah. yeah. Bart then gives Letty to Chief Wiggum. And like I said, it's one of my favourite moments. Just, gee, Mr. Really? Oh, thanks, Mr. Yeah. It's so great. Letty, save the day, Simpson. Hi, we sure could use a dog like that on the floors. Why don't you guys take him? I thought he was the right dog for me, but I guess I made a mistake. Really? No fooling? Ah, oh, gee, thanks, mister. We'll take real good care of him, and we'll play with him every day. Honest. <laughs> Maggie then spills her oatmeal, and Homer calls for Lady to come lick it all up, and there's no Lady. That's weird, because normally Lady would be there in an instant, but then comes clean and admits that he gave him away. And they're not as disappointed as I thought they'd be. Homer is, but Marge is just like, oh, really? I thought, I thought you really liked Lady. Well, Homer's not disappointed that he's given away Laddie. He's just giving disappointed away. that he gave something. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm like about giving? Yeah. <laughs> Homer here, this whole... I'll play, I'm not playing the clip at the end here, but Homer is peak Homer in this. There, there. Shut up, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dog food thing. It is so <laughs> great. Because I completely forgot about the rats almost had him eating dog food. I forgot about yeah. that. I nearly spat my water out. God, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as we're done recording, I have to play that, just that clip for Ash. Oh, it, uh, I think she'll really enjoy it. It's that. so great. <laughs> you gave both dogs away? You know how I feel about giving. I'm sorry. I know it's wrong. I messed everything up and now I don't have any dogs at all. There, there. Shut up, boy. We'll just get you a new dog. I don't want a new dog. I want Santa's little helper. Well, crying isn't going to bring him back, unless your tears smell like dog food. So you can either sit there crying and eating can after can of dog food until your tears smell enough like dog food to make your dog come back, or you can go out there and find your dog. You're right. I'll do it. Rats. You almost had him eating dog food. We come back, and... Bart says he's going to get Santa's little helper back. And I like here too that Homer says the bad dog or the good dog. And Bart says the bad, bad one. Bad dog. But Homer, oh, good. Yeah, oh, good. Homer wants Santa's little helper back. Yeah. At the, he's at the depot. This is this is an iconic moment, actually, with Mo with the floor. But I don't want to. Is it iconic? I When I think of Mo moments, this would come to mind. If, I, if I was reeling off moments, this would come to my mind for sure. Maybe, maybe Mo moments, not Simpsons moments, though. Oh, no. I mean Mo classic moments for sure. Yeah. But I don't want her. <laughs> <laughs> they sold him, sold Santa's little helper. He tells Bart to some guy wearing a dress. Cuts the patty. Perfect. Yeah. Such a great that cut. Was ve- that was very funny. Yeah. Selma swallowed a band-aid. Ugh, not good at all. Then cut to Grandskipper Willie. This this is also pretty funny. I know we said they're funny moments. And going through this, this sort of five-minute period of the episode is pretty good. So. Yeah, I bought you a mutt and I ate him. <gasps> 
Uh, I ate his little face. I ate his guts. And I ate the way he's always barking. So I gave him to the church. Oh, I see. You hate him, so you gave him to the church. Aye. I also ate the mess he left on my rug. You heard me? Hey, hey, but again, it's just it just wasn't... Well, Paddy was a bit of a <laughs> moment, but a lot of it still just wasn't enough to get me properly laughing out loud. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Like, it was funny, but it was just like, yeah, this is nice. It was just comfortable funny. Yeah. Not shocking funny. I, I think the home alarm was pretty good, but that's just in my opinion. <laughs> they then He then says that he gave him to the church, and he's no longer among us. Uh, he's now with the parishioner. And Agnes here working in the what, what what would that store be called? Like what is that church? Uh, like just, just a, like an op shop? Was it a gift shop? Was it a gift shop? Was there it? There was a sign on the wall. It was the church thrift shop. Yeah, I guess that's kind of like an op shop. Yeah, it's an op shop. Like, yeah. yeah, like Saint Vinny's or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then see Santa's little helper in the backyard just with the sprinkler, and you think, why has this guy got the dog if he's just going to have him in the backyard doing nothing? Like, what's the point of having yeah. him? There? Maybe part of that is to show that Santa's little helper is not a very smart animal. Oh, that's completely the point. But it also just shows that, you know, he just makes him look lonely. But then starts appearing the fake tears and it all falls back in his face when he realizes that the guy is blind. He's just like, oh, God damn it, I can't do this to a blind guy. Yeah. And and as a viewer, you kind of, and I don't know why, but you, you automatically kind of feel sympathy for the guy just purely because he's blind. No, not me. No? Not since Daredevil. I, I think <laughs> I've discussed this. I I've, I don't trust blind people anymore. You don't trust blind people. <laughs> no, nah, any one of them could be faking. Did I tell you about the time Nicola went at the crossing lights and a blind woman nearly walked across the street? <laughs> That's doubly funny for the fact that Nicola's job is helping deaf people. <laughs> As you know, deaf and blind are different, but <laughs> no, I know. But the fact that, like, you know, her job is quite literally to help people that have a physical impairment and then she nearly sent one to their death. Well, see, what Nicola does is she likes to do it just as the lights are about to go and she thought the lights were about to go green. Just got the timing wrong. Yeah, so she's... Oh, wait, no, no, no. But this old woman had already started crossing the road. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, man, yeah. Oh, that was a scary moment for a second. Nicola felt horrible for it, but I'm glad I just shamed her on on a podcast to millions of listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, did you tell that story on someone else's podcast as well? Oh, yes, on several, yes. Yeah. <laughs> on the other on Simpsons podcast. WTF with Joe Rogan. <laughs> Is that his name? Joe Rogan? I don't even know. Joe Mark Rogan, Maron. yeah, yeah. He has a very, Sorry, very popular Mark- podcast, that's for sure. No, yeah, but Mark Maron is who I meant. Oh, okay, Mark Maron, yeah. Also, if not more popular. So then we cut back to Bart, and so you ain't hearing him explain to Lisa what the plan is. It's just, that's my plan. Oh, he actually does. So he sums it up very quickly. So that's my plan. I'm going to sneak into the blind guy's house and steal the dog. <laughs> and Lisa's like... I don't really want you to do this, but I also want the dog back. So just please don't don't freak out the blind guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's my one. I feel wish. like this is a moment where if this episode had been made now, they could have extended this sequence and made it more, if not Daredevil esque, perhaps Don't Breathe or something like that. They could have lent into what has come in pop culture since. So Don't Breathe is like one or two years old, and it's a bunch of people that sneak into a house to try to rob a blind guy. Oh, okay. But the blind guy almost like Daredevil, is super attuned. So, you know, he hears them breathe and beats the absolute shit out of them. That sounds awesome. Like, he hears them moving around. Um, apparently, it's a very good movie. Oh, so you haven't seen it either. Okay, cool. Not yet. I have it. Uh, maybe I've got a week off, and in that week, I'm planning on churning through a bunch of movies on my bucket list, and that's one of them. Do you mean Christmas week off? Uh, it's the week just before Christmas, yeah, yeah, but yes. Yeah, yeah. 
So Bart then crawls... Oh, he sees Santa's little helper at the window. And clearly, Santa's little helper wants to go home. If you ask me. He just... Well, he wants to at least see right, Bart. The, he misses Bart. He wants to be with Bart. Yeah. yeah. Crawls through the doggy door, and we get the old classic putting the hand in the dog food. And I don't know what it is. Dog food is just meat. But when I touch dog food, I'm like, ew, this is gross. Even though it's, uh, it's smelly meat. Yeah, it is smelly, but it's, it's just meat. Like, if I... I'm funny. I'm very funny when it comes to certain... Only certain things. But if I touch dog food, I've, I really disinfect my hand because I won't like eat anything if dog food's touched my hand. It's just... I don't know. It's right. odd. Tell me too. Tell me if I'm weird, right? When you use a public toilet, do you use public toilets at all, firstly? For eating. (laughs) That and for number ones and number twos. Uh, Eating number three. I I try to avoid it as best as possible, but there are times that it's necessary. I prefer shopping centre toilets to just a random out and about public toilet because they've got at least a regular cleaning schedule. That's true. If you do use a public toilet, do you put paper on the seat? Uh, it really depends on the seat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like. What if, define if it criteria? Is, define paperworthy criteria for a public toilet seat. Some of them just look dirty, <laughs> like you, when they're you know, wet. Some of them look fine. <laughs> some of them don't. Uh, if they're wet, I'll definitely give it a wipe down. Wow, I'll, so um, I put paper down every but time. I, but <laughs> sorry, but I grew up in the country, so I was also taught to leave doors as you find it. So I'll make sure I just sort of finish off. <laughs> At the end, but I'll I'll put paper down every time. I'm just I'm really funny when it comes to things like that. Probably doesn't make any difference, but would you put paper down at a friend's house? Depends on the friend. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on like the cleanliness of said friend. Yeah, fair enough. Like if it's someone that leaves hair in the sink and shit like that, you're like, yeah, I'm probably going to put some paper down. <laughs> yep, yep, that's fair. But um, anyway, <laughs> I just like I I I. I I'd be lying if I said I'd never put paper down, but I'm not militant about it. Okay. I do have a friend that, I don't want to get too graphic here, but his big thing, and that is probably an appropriate choice of words, I once jokingly like kicked the door down while he was on the toilet, and I discovered that he would put his hand down between his the front of his legs whilst sitting on a toilet because he could really not handle having the end of his old fella touching the porcelain. Oh, so you know what I do? You know what I do? My trick? Toilet uh, toilet paper on that as well? You just mummify it? I put, I put toilet paper flat down frontwards, down in, from the front down. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. You don't want your, your knob touching a public toilet. It's gross. Uh, yeah, no, no. It's, it's you might just walk up and touch feeling. your knob against another guy's knob. Well... I don't know that the other guy... Pee-pee soaked be... knob as well. <laughs> I don't know that the other guy... Pee-pee. You have... <laughs> Knobs and pee-pees. That's what we've... Pee-pee soaked um, heck hole. I, what I was going to say is I feel like you just walking up and touching your knob against another guy's knob is certainly more confronting for the other guy rather than just putting it where his has been. Especially if you're just standing next to him at the urinal. Mm. <laughs> don't do that, listeners. I'm sure it's... Do not do that. I, I would guarantee there'd be people out there that that would be a turn-on for, though. Right in. Can we move if on? You, Can we please move on? If you, if you enjoy knob remnants on the toilet bowl. So, Bart uh, has crawled through the door, put his hand in dog food, and Santa's little helper is just so excited to see Bart that he, he barks. It's what a dog naturally does. And that alerts Mr. Mitchell is the blind guy. Stop referring to him as the blind guy. Mr. Mitchell is his name. Um, Bart then tries to get away because he can't see him, steps on the squeaky, classic comedy gag, goes into the closet... It's pretty funny. I may be blind, but you just went into a closet. Wasn't very well thought out by Bart, but then again, he is just a kid. 
Yeah, true. And doesn't know the lay of the land. So, you know, he's just gone for a door. Yeah. But, you know, slamming the door behind him. True. Yep. Not an ideal tactic no. to hide from someone that can't see. Mr. Mitchell has then called the police. And meanwhile, he's locked by in the closet. <laughs> hey, burglar. I hope you're having a good time in there. Because the police will be here any minute. No, mister. Please, I'm just a kid. I, I, I only came to get my dog back. Your dog? <laughs> and I miss him so much, and I know you like him, but I like him too, and he was mine first, and I know I don't deserve him, but... So what this comes down to is, you want a blind man to give up his only companion. Yes, please. Does Bart deserve the dog back? Even if, I guess the dog wants, uh, to, the dog yes. wants to go to Bart, though, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's not like Santa's little helpers go on there against his will. So, yes. Yeah, the dog should go to where the dog wants to be, basically. Yeah. They put the dog to the test and he goes to Bart, as you would expect. You kind of feel bad for the blind guy at this moment, though, don't you? Because it's just like, I know... like, I, I, And if it, no, if it again... You don't feel bad for him? No, I, would, I spoke about this earlier, that I, they, I haven't had enough time to care about the blind guy and it didn't seem like he actually cared about Santa's little helper. So, no. Yeah, I guess so. Then Wigan bursts Deserves in, to be blind. Kicks the door down... <laughs> If this isn't it, then I give up. (laughs) (laughs) Lady then arrives. And actually, I should have mentioned this at the start. It's odd that, you know, Laddie joins a police force. It's odd that you never see Laddie with the police force ever again. He could have at least just been there. Been somewhere in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Because you wouldn't think the police would give away this super dog. No, and it would have been a nice touch just for like one of those, hey, there's Laddie, if in eight seasons time they did a little callback. Yeah. And it might make this episode feel more memorable, if that was the case. Possibly. Even if there was just a kennel in the background of the station from now on. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Just to make up for the knob thing. Tom Pickering. This is a late ultimate title submission. Submission That I'm just... The whole K9 yards. Why is that... What's it got to do with knobs? No, no, I'm just making up for that. I'm just, I, I thought that that was a bad tangent of conversation so i'll go back to the patrons and try to find something nice i was looking for good dog stories and then i found that Kristen nell laddie shack that's a great one mm. oh canine yards is pretty good too though but laddie shack's awesome well done to both of you yes I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work out canine yards knob touching how are these two related <laughs> but anyway they're not so laddie arrives and you bruce think- willis and matt perry would touch knobs on set ah, before the whole nine yards of course yes deleted scenes that's how they got the character <laughs> Laddie arrives and you think here that you're going to get the cliche ending of, you know, the dog goes with the blind guy and everyone's happy. Everything's all tied up in a nice, neat little package. But no, he's actually just become a sniffer dog and he's found drugs. <laughs> found a nice, neat little package. Yes, that's exactly right. Hey, who's that? Oh, well, I like you too. Wow, looks like somebody's made a new best friend. <laughs> okay, boy, that's enough. That's... That's not for doggies. Don't. Oh, jeez. Marijuana. Well, I guess he didn't like you after all. He just smelled your narcotics. Fuck him, boys. Hold on, Chief. It might be medicinal. Oh, yeah, medicinal. Without it, I could uh, go even blinder. Right? Uh, This might take a while, kid. Why don't you and your buddy run along? Bye, laddie. Come on, boy. Let's go home and have some fun, huh? That cat's been strutting around like she owns the place. But it says... And it, this here sort of like just wraps up the character. Bye, laddie. And that's it. But it still, yeah. still would have been better to have laddie in later episodes. Then the cops arrive. And 
So are we supposed to believe that they're going to arrest the guy for having drugs and then the cops are just so corrupt that they're smoking the drugs anyway and still going to arrest him? Or are they smoking yeah. with the guy? No, I think they're still going to arrest him. Poor Mr. Mitchell. Yeah. Well, don't do drugs, kids. That is true. And then we get the great improv that we mentioned at the start of Jammin. Just it's great. Yeah. But yeah, this episode is exactly what I thought it was going to be. A couple of good moments, nothing special, nothing truly memorable. It's not one I'm going to go back to anytime soon. But because this season's been so good, it makes ones like this feel worse than what they are. It's not a bad episode. It's just nowhere near on the levels of like last week, Grade School Confidential or... Even two, what was two weeks ago, the Homer versus the Eighteenth Amendment. Those episodes are so great. Yeah, so many they're filled with so many iconic moments that just make these ones just feel subpar. When really, that's not very fair on this episode because it's still a fine episode. Well, yeah, it is fine. It's like seven out of ten. It's just that we've had some nines and tens out of ten of yeah. late. Not that not that I subscribe to a number system, but yeah, like we've had great episodes, and this is just good. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from the episode, Mitchell? Uh, I learned that uh, you shouldn't give blind people a bird. Oh, that is certainly true. We didn't actually mention it in the review. <laughs> That's fine. People know. Yes. I learned that it's okay to steal from a blind guy as long as you don't freak them out. Yeah, no, that works. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! Mailbag time. Now, Mitch, I want you to break this mailbag up with a bit of the patrons and a bit of the normal mailbag. Balance All it right. out. What have we got? Um... Well, firstly, Jackie Claire has sent in a photo of her dog, Lincoln. Uh, he was a rescue dog. Found the, um, He was found starving to death in the backyard. He now is a happy 40-kilo lap dog. There's a really great photo that she sent through of Lincoln wearing a sort of button-up shirt, which I really enjoyed. I like to hear stories like that. Garode Harrahill with a Bolt, a white golden retriever, who's the runt of a litter, so he stayed pretty much the size of a puppy for his entire life. I feel like Jet must have been the runt because Jet's small for a lab. I mean, compared to Murphy, Jet he's is half pretty the size. tiny. Yeah, Murphy's a f- pretty fat bastard, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, true. Uh, and Kristen Nell has a dog named Monty because he's always standing on his hind legs. Ah, nice work. Mm. Now, uh, there are questions in the mailbag, Dando. Uh, and there are questions from the listeners as well. If you could have this, Patrick Kennedy, if you could have any animal as a pet, real or imaginary, what would it be and why? Ooh, I've always wanted a pet meerkat. Yeah, they're pretty cute. Yeah, and they seem, they seem like they would just be obedient. You can make them dress in drag and do a hua? Yeah, oh man, wouldn't wouldn't that be the first thing you would do? <laughs> Absolutely it would be. <laughs> <laughs> just force it to. But would you teach it to sing and then you do the backup? Like, the- <laughs> yup, yup, yup. <laughs> just get put, something on, put a dress on Jet and get him to do the backup for Pumba. Well, Jet's nickname is Pumba. Yeah. Well, yeah, you could have them in a, t- a double act. Yeah, that'd be amazing. It'd be great. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've I've always wanted a pet meerkat. They just seem like they'd be so fun, just great to have around. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I would like I've seen Grizzly Man, and I know it doesn't end well. So only if I could be convinced that it would always work out, I would love a black bear. They are very cute. Yeah. Gotta be a chubby one, not one of those little scrawny ones with long legs that climbs trees. I want one of the, or even a grizzly bear. I like. I love. A big bear scratching its back on a tree. Like that bear when, when it, someone's driving past and it waves at people? And it waves, yes. That specific bear yeah. in my life. <laughs> Imagine coming home to that bear every day. It'd be the best thing ever. Yeah. Do we have any episode-specific questions? I know, obviously, well, that was, that kind, was kind of, of one. Specific. Yeah, that was kind of one, yeah. Well, another one. So, all the episode-specific stuff was mostly dog-specific, but that still ties in. Alex Rodriguez, why did you choose to name your dogs the names that they have? Jet by Paul McCartney and Wings was playing at the person's house when we went to pick Jet up. We when actually didn't. Jet was we, conceived. <laughs> yeah. 
we we didn't have a name for Jet booked in, and then that song was on, and I was like Jet Jet Black, or everyone and everyone thinks Jet Black, but I was like Jet, well, it works for Jet Black, but they just kept saying Jet, and I was like, yeah, I like this song, this dog's cute, it kind of fits Jet Black, let's just call him Jet. Ours were. Like, I kept trying to name my dogs after West Wing characters or actors, and Asher was having none of it. So, I really, really wanted to name Murphy Dule after Dule Hill, and Ash would have no part of that whatsoever. I just assumed Murphy was Irish. <laughs> yeah, he's from Dublin. <laughs> we we um we taught the trained the accent out of him, though, because it was just too hard to understand him <laughs> around the house. No, Murphy was literally just came out of... I think Ash just said, well, what about Murphy? And I went... Oh, I don't think I've ever heard another dog called Murphy before, so there's, that's got a positive to it. Um, and then I was able to semi-convince myself that it was named after Robocop, Alex Murphy. Is India named after Indiana Jones? Partly, yes. Even though Indy is obviously a girl. Uh, but that was So, Indy was actually a sweet story. We were driving around New Zealand, and it was one of those car games where we each came up with a name for every letter in the alphabet alphabet and then systematically worked it down until we only had our favorite one each uh i i don't remember what i think it was indy like indiana for me and oh what did ash go with it wasn't iris but it was i don't know something 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 not as good as indy (laughs) (laughs) and indy won out that's good uh but yeah i i definitely think like greek names are really good like you know Heracles, Ulysses, those sorts of things. I, I love a dog that's got a really bold name like that. I did want to name one of, uh, oh, again, Murphy, before we'd had him, um, I, well, before we'd got him, I wanted to name him Meth, just because of Meth Lab. But Ash <laughs> Ash told me that was not a good thing to be yelling at in public. Oh, very good. <laughs> Bailey Cashin, question not about dogs, but okay. will you be keen on your kids listening to your show in the future? Of course. Why wouldn't they? I don't know. I guess we do reveal a lot of shit about our wives, but that's just all in the fun of it. We don't reveal dirty stuff that kids wouldn't want to hear. Do we? Do we? I don't know. Would you be happy with Elliot at like eight sitting down to all of the swearing that Uncle Mitch has to provide? Well, I'm sure when he comes around and to visit Uncle Mitch, you'll be hearing twice as much. So I don't think it'll make much difference. Mm. Yeah, fair I enough. I feel like you'll be, you'll be one of those uncles that will just swear in front of the kid and be like, ah, oh, he's got to grow up sometime, Dando. Shut up. Dando is smashed on heroin. He can't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, lab, it'll be get 40 over here. Bucks. It'll be 40 bucks for the hour. <laughs> but I, I would have no worries with Elliot listening. What Would you have problems if you had a kid listening to the show? I can't imagine that they would want to. I feel like by the time that they were old enough to know what a podcast is, that they're just not going to care. <laughs> That would be my honest, truthful reaction about kids. I, sometimes, I don't think this. This is kind of depressing, but I sometimes think to myself that if anything should happen to me, at least Elliot sort of has these podcasts to go back and listen to. So he's kind of not know a bit about me, but he has something to sort of listen to and hear my voice and know that I've done something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I suppose that could work. He'd be like, oh, look, he'll have these to listen to if if he never actually gets a chance to grow up with me. Yep. you know, <laughs> this is your dad, Elliot. At least he did something. <laughs> That's on my gravestone. At least he did something. <laughs> Unlike Elliot. <laughs> uh, um, what else do we want? Do you want more questions? One more Patreon exclusive, and then we get a couple from the mailbag, and we'll wrap this bad boy up. All right. Uh, final Patreon exclusive for this week. Who is the best dog in movie slash TV history from Alistair Danik? Who would you go with first, so I don't double up? Um, 
I got to tell you, the first one that jumps to mind. Ah, oh, there's a few. Like I really like Mel Gibson's dog in Lethal Weapon Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really like. Um, oh, what's Jim Carrey's dog name? Dog's name in The Mask. Oh, yeah, I know the one. You Milo. Mentioned. Milo. Milo. Yeah, yeah, Milo. Um, Milo's a pretty sweet dog. But I think I've got to give it to Eddie from Frasier. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I Eddie. Eddie sometimes he sits on the chair and then you hear like his thoughts, right? No, you never hear his thoughts. He just stares at Kelsey Grammer. Oh, it makes okay. Really uncomfortable. That yeah. sounds hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, have you ever seen the movie Homeward Bound: The Incredible Journey? Uh yeah, probably when I was younger. Yeah, I loved that movie as a kid. The dog, the older one, Shadow, the lab, the golden retriever in that film. Always thought he was a yep. great dog. Shadow. Yep. Um, Hooch from Turner and Hooch. Yeah, I saw one of those the other day actually walking down the street. Yeah, just on its own, wearing a suit. Now, a movie I haven't seen yet, but I've heard it's incredibly sad, but also great, is Marley and Me. So, I'm assuming the yeah. dog in that is pretty good. Alan um, Wilson, he's fantastic. <laughs> and I think it's hard to go past dog movies and not at least mention Beethoven. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, I was th- I was also going to mention all of the 13 uh, dogs that played Otis in Milo and Otis. Oh, man. See, my, my, I said to my mum the other day, Hey, what does um what does Nan want for Christmas? Or what movies would she like? I'll get them for her on DVD. And Mum goes, Oh, she loves Milo and Otis. And I said, uh, does, does Nan know how many animals died for that film? Mum goes, No animals died in that. And I said, You know that cat that's in the river, Mum? Yeah, they just let it drown. You know that cat that goes off the cliff? Yeah, that they threw a cat off a cliff. <laughs> they threw a cat off a cliff. Yeah, they m- probably did it twice because the camera wasn't rolling the first time. Yeah, I said, I said. Plenty of animals died in the filming of that. Mum goes, oh, well, it was different back then. I'm like, you would say that. No, no, no it wasn't. <laughs> I'm like, and mum, mum, no, and mum goes, well, your nan doesn't know that, so don't tell her because it'll ruin the movie for her. <laughs> I was going to say, it absolutely was not different back then. They were just cowboys that broke the law. Yeah. Or that the laws weren't as enforced back then as they were now. That's the difference. Yeah, they were allowed true. to get away with shit. But yeah, Mum's like, "Well, just don't tell Nan because Nan should, it's one of her favorite movies, and you'll spoil it for her." <laughs> <laughs> this one bit where they just let a crab attack the cat. Yeah, it's just clinging onto it. Yeah, I can't watch the movie anymore. <laughs> but as, as a kid, I loved it. Yeah, I liked it as a kid as well because you you're small and stupid and you don't and pick you, up on those things. You just think it's a movie; it can't be real. Yeah. Um, Alex Champion I'm not going to read this all out but you should he's written in with some weight loss tips Um, he's in his mid 30s but as he's gotten older he's noticed that his body uh, and moves the metabolism goalposts every few years his tips Guinness is surprisingly low calorie beer sparkling wine is better than non-sparkling wine only low calorie bread and no more than twice a week and discarded pizza boxes are an excellent source of cheese I've been eating plenty of um, pizza boxes pizza boxes that's been the real key yeah right Uh, Andrew Carr writes in, um, he was explaining, we were talking about bowling for Columbine. Okay. Uh, yep. in, case any, in case anyone had listened to that last week and went, yeah, why was it called that? It, there was a reference that the shooters from the Columbine High School went bowling before the massacre. It was one of the last things ah, they did. Yeah. I knew there had to so have been more, a reason. So Moore was sort of yeah, satirizing the idea that it was a music or video games by saying, oh, well, is it could it be that bowling can be blamed in the same way that music games and um, movies have been for corrupting the minds of the youth? Yep. Uh, there's also a few other references throughout the movie to bowling. So, there you go. I remember that, was, that movie is responsible for me seeing my first suicide video. Is there a suicide video in that? Yeah, the, the, 
there's a scene in it, a little montage where it's playing What a Wonderful World and it's just different clips of people shooting themselves in the head. Yeah, crikey. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and it, like, there's no warning of it. I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, well, I can't forget that now. There's a really confronting one on YouTube of a guy that kills himself live on air after a press conference. That's included. That's that's part yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. He just sort of pulls yeah. the gun out and bang. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a river of... Anyway, it's... Um, I mean, I won't say check it out, but if, you, if you've if you got that sort of constitution, check it out. Uh, the fact that it's on YouTube is what frightens me about it, to be yeah. perfectly honest. That's that, that's the, one of the frightening things about being a parent now, is that kids just have access to everything. Because I was talking to the guys at work, like, when was when did you let your kid have a phone? And one of them's like, oh, when he was six. And the other one's like, my kid's 13 still doesn't have a phone. Because he's like, when you give him a phone, that's when everything changes. That's when they can watch whatever they want. That's when they can communicate to the outside world. You lose a vast percentage of control over your child when they have access to the internet, like a phone in their hand, you know? Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, frightening, actually, when I hear stories from parents of just how young it is that kids are uh, getting in trouble over certain websites that they might be visiting these days. Mm. Ixnay on the Ornhey pub hey. Um Nicholas Buchanan, uh, this is not so much a question, but just a quick shout out to Nick. So, relatively new listener to the show, but he's been listening a lot recently. Nick writes in from Scotland, and I, without um, without even explaining why, to be perfectly honest, and I just wanted to say good day to Nick and thank you very much for listening all the way from the uh, the Scottish Isle. I'm a big fan of the Black Douglas <laughs> um, from. Uh, whatever movie it was that starred Chris Pine and was on Netflix recently. If you're a listener out there who's never written in, write in. I love hearing from new listeners. We've got a few of them this week, actually. We've had a, a few this week of people saying, never even knew you guys had a podcast, been following the page for years. It's so great. I love it. I'm only on like season two, blah, blah, blah. I love hearing that kind of stuff. It's always great to hear from new listeners. So if you're out there and you've never written in, write in. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know that you're out there listening. Hmm. Uh, this is another one who is relatively new because she's, uh, what are we, oh, well, it's up to season seven, so not entirely new, but, you know, a little bit behind. Alora Roosh? I'm going to go name. with Alora. Alora. Alora Roosh um, from Portland, Oregon. Um, Alora, go get yourself some voodoo donuts while you are in Portland and take photos of them, send them through to us, and I will adorn them on, I'll hung them on my wall. Uh, she's been binging the podcast for what seems like months. Uh, she's written in with a My Two Cents story about her grandmother, who she is more than happy to ridicule publicly, as she is well-deserving of it after making her siblings and her dig through the trash as kids to find admission bracelets for Santa Cruz Amusement Park in California so she didn't have to pay for all of us. Oh, wow. What a that's, grandma. That's excellent. Kids. Have you ever gone through the bin for something? You know what I used to do? We used to go play golf, right? And we'd go playing, we went later start Saturday morning. So they have Saturday morning comp, Alco in Lara in Geelong here, right? Mm. Um, Saturday morning comp, we couldn't play till afterwards. Even though we were members, we weren't part of the comps. So we have to wait till afterwards. And the comp was mostly filled with older people who would you know, have the occasional Mars bar. And this is when Mars bar used to do the one in six bars wins a free Mars bar in the wrapper, right? Remember those competitions? So yeah, yeah, yeah. You would play golf after the old people and the bins were cleaned night, like daily. So the bins were relatively uh, empty. You'd look in the bins when you get to the start of each hole and there'd be occasionally a Mars bar wrapper in there. And I reckon every time we played, we'd find probably two or three free Mars bars. So we'd like get free Mars bars every time Mars- we were playing golf. It was great. Mars bar wrappers, you mean there, right? Oh, Mars bar wrappers. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, the, you know, the one in six bars would be like, you're a winner. I'd be like, this is awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty tremendous. I I came across a McDonald's receipt 
that was like number 138 today. And I didn't do this, but I did think to myself, <laughs> I could just go to McDonald's and wait for the numbers to cycle around again. <laughs> that is a George Costanza storyline right there. Yeah. And then just take 138. Oh, there you go. And on my on, off I go. Because who's going to look that closely? They're just going to look at the big, bold number. He goes, yeah, that makes sense. Wow, we should totally do that so we can get away with it. All for no, the sake it's of illegal. one cheeseburger. Stealing, I'm not going to steal <laughs> someone's dinner. I actually, the best thing I ever found in a bin was a $50 note. I remember I would have been probably 12 years old, maybe even a little bit younger. Sunday market in Belmont in the bin. And mum said, you got to hand it to the security guard. And I always remember... Went up to, I was so disappointed. I was like, oh, all right. I, I really wanted to buy these football cards. Mum wouldn't let me. I had to give the money to the security guard. Walked up to the security guard and I said, oh, I found this money in the bin. And he goes, just keep it. Because, well, he knew. What's he going to do? Just keep it himself? He can't. No one's going to claim it. It was in the bin. So, he's just like, mm. just keep it. And fuck, it was like the happiest day of my of the year for me. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Went and bought all my Gary Ablett football cards. It was the greatest day ever. <laughs> well, good. And that's as good a note as any, I reckon, too. And the mailbag on Dando. Um, yes. The time that you stole $50 from the rubbish. I, would, I didn't steal it. Someone left it there and forgot about it. That's not stealing, is it? Um, well, that's like saying someone just left that money in the bank vault and forgot about it. Is it stealing, though? If I handed it to a security guard... He took it from my hand and then proceeded to give it back to me. Didn't isn't technically he stealing it? Uh, resident lawyer, Georgia, can you email in, please? <laughs> What's more illegal, that or pulling a kid's pants down in public? Look, it's not so much a scale of more or less, but what if the kid hands me the pants and says it's okay for you to pull them down? <laughs> Alrighty. So basically, what I learned from this episode is, listeners, do not let your children around Mitch. No, heroin and dacking <laughs> will be... <laughs> but see, when you say dacking, it sounds fun. Like, it doesn't sound like yeah. you're pulling a kid's pants down in public. It's like, oh, I just dacked him. Yeah, he had a great time. That's the thing. Like, you say, oh, yeah, surely you can dack a child. And then it's like, you know, four-finger discount, Mitch Hook Grinter, advocates pulling down children's pants in public. Like, no, no, <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. I'm dacking them. <laughs> There's a difference. Were you ever dacked in primary school? Uh, I think everyone was at my age. Yeah, it was just part like, of... It was it, the era of dacking. I, I feel like the late 90s were the height of dacking. Everyone had loose pants. It was how you just showed that you, you like somebody, wasn't it? Um, You only did it to friends, yeah. You would never dack anyone you didn't know well. No, of course not. But anyway, so thanks for listening to our review of the K9 Mutiny. Let us know, write in, tell us what you think of the episode, what you thought of our review. Next week, we're going to be review- reviewing The Old Man and the Lisa, which is where Mr. Burns goes poor and starts a recycling plant which is a very, very funny episode. I'm really looking forward to watching that one, written by John Swartzwelder. Mm. Yeah, it's one that I didn't like much when I was younger, and then when I was about 17, 18, I rediscovered it and went, oh my God, what an absolute gem. How have I missed this? I always remember when Mr. Burns, <coughs> uh, Ken Brockman sees him going through the bins on a news report, and Burns says something, and he goes, well, that's great, you smell terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been one of my favourite lines. We also get the classic catsup ketchup. Are you here to help with my catsup problem? Yes, <laughs> so good. But thanks for listening, guys. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Sit, laddie, sit. Good dog. Shh.